Awesome, awesome. Hey, I was so blessed. Hey, thanks to the worship team too. Awesome worship this morning. Awesome, awesome. I was so blessed by that testimony, Mel and Lance. And and I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. And this happens every single service without fail. I had no idea what Lance and Mel were going to talk about. And, uh, and as my message reveals itself, you're going to see that uh, this is God's plan, and this is God's Word. So listen up. It's so encouraging to me because, uh, you know, you, you always, us, uh, we always have doubts, and we always think, is this me, is this God? And you have that conversation going on inside your head, and then I rock up to church, and Lance and Mel bless us with that testimony, and I tell you what, it is all about what God has put on my heart to share to you this morning. So thank you so much and praise God. So uh, yeah, I'm just going to open up in prayer and, uh, and then we're going to get into it. So thank you, Father. Lord, I just thank you so much, Father, that you would use us to serve in your house, Father, that you would put on our heart words that you would put on our heart, giftings and passions and desires, Father. Lord, that you would give us a vision for where we are going, and that you would prepare us on the pathway getting there so that we're ready for it, Lord. Father, I just pray that this word goes out into soft soil this morning, Father. I pray that all those uh, barriers of, um, of confusion and stuff are just broken down, Father. And Lord, I just pray that this is your word that issues forth, and I know it is, Lord. So in Jesus' name, I just claim that it will impact someone this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Chosen. Chosen. We're all chosen. We had an awesome, we've had awesome words on this so far this month. Um, and I just want to share with you a little bit uh, about what it means to be chosen for a palace. So Joseph in Genesis, the favored son of Jacob, is given a vision one day. And don't worry, if you, if you feel like this is deja vu, I have shared on Joseph before. But uh, Joseph was given a vision one day that all his brothers and sisters and his father and his mum would all bow down to him. He was the favoured son. He was not the most popular with his brothers and sisters. But he was given this vision that he had been chosen for greatness. And indeed, he ended up in a palace, second in command of all of Egypt, answering only to one man, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh. So Joseph was given this vision, he was chosen, and he ended up in this palace. But there was a path that Joseph needed to walk. The Edmonds have been chosen, and they've been given a vision to be in a place, and we've already heard the path that they have had to walk. So cool, so cool. So encouraged. Yes. So he had been chosen to get to the palace. He needed that path because I tell you what, Joseph, if you read about Joseph, he was not the man for the job when he was given the vision. He was, he was a bit arrogant. He was a bit naive. He was not ready for the palace when God had said to him and given him this vision that you, you've, you're destined for this great thing. In that moment, if he had been plucked, and put in the palace, things wouldn't have gone down very well. 
he needed the path to prepare him for the palace. Being chosen does not make us great at what we're chosen to do. Being chosen means we've been set on a path for greatness, but we still need to walk that path. In fact, it is our path that prepares us for the palace. My path is preparing me for the palace. Turn to someone and say, my path is preparing me for the palace. (laughs) My wife is a queen. I will operate in her palace. (laughs) There are a few things concerning your path that the Lord has spoken to me about. The first one is really important. You can't walk on a path when you're shackled. Amen? It's a bit hard to walk when your feet and your hands are bound. So we need to be set free somehow before we can walk on that path that God set before us. And what I'm talking about is salvation. And I'm going to give you an opportunity after this message to experience that salvation if you haven't already. Second, we need to understand how this path will transform us, or more importantly, who is transforming us on this path so that we can be ready for it, that we can allow it to happen, and we can, like the Edmonds have so shown with their testimony, keep pressing forward in the knowledge that someone is preparing us, that someone does love us, that someone is caring for us on this path. And we need to know, third, we need to know that there will be resistance along the way. But believe it or not, this is not only inevitable, this is necessary. It is necessary. That doesn't sound like much fun, sorry. (laughs) So my first point, free to walk the path. Romans 6, 6 and 7. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that's Christ, amen, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. One thing I noticed when I was reading this in the Bible, everywhere that you see that, uh, that Jesus is referred to, he has capital letters. He is written with a capital H. In verse 7 there, for he who has died has been freed from sin. That's talking about those that died with him. That's talking about us. We have to experience the death with Christ to be freed from sin so that we can be born again in Him and be freed from the authority of sin. This is talking about salvation. When we give our life to Christ, when we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, when we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that the old man died with Him and we rose with Him as new creations, now dead to sin, and we are no longer slaves to it. No longer slaves to sin. So now the things that you struggle with that have no place in Christ don't have any authority over you. It doesn't mean that they're not going to pop up. 
It doesn't mean that they're not going to surface every now and then. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be tested. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be tempted. But it means that you are now free from their authority. And you are free to be enslaved to righteous living. Free to be enslaved to Christ. You now have the shackles off your feet so that you can walk the path that God has set before you. Amen? Amen? Fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, lust, greed, whatever it is you're struggling with today, you need to recognize that it has no authority over you because you are dead to it. You are dead to it. So now that we are free from the authority of sin in our lives, we are free to walk the path, allow it to transform us, allow it to prepare us for the palace. Amen. Amen. I know that if, uh, when I was, uh, all throughout my life actually, prior to coming to Christ actually, I would always think, man, if I won the lotto, <laughs> if I won the lotto when I was 18, all of the things that I could do with it, I mean, I'm the right person to win the lotto right now. No one else has got it sorted. I've got the right idea. I know exactly what I do with it. I'd help this person and that person. I'd do this. I'd get that. I'd be wise, you know. And every year as I move forward and look back, I think, I am so glad I didn't win the lotto <laughs> because that would have made a mess of things. And I think it's the same with us. You know, we, we have this calling and this purpose and we have this great thing set before us. But I tell you what, for some of us, if we were just thrown into that right now, no matter how passionate we feel about it right now, no matter how many roadblocks we see in our way and how many frustrations we're experiencing because of it, if God's holding us back from this at this particular time, it's because we need to travel a path. We need, we need Him to do some work in us. Because if He doesn't do that work in us, I tell you what, we'll get there and it won't end well. It won't end well. And, uh, and, I, and I just know that we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared. And it's our path that prepares us for the palace. Amen. Yes. How are we prepared or who is preparing us? Jesus didn't just come down to earth, die for us, go, yep, sin's out the way. He's still here, but he's got no authority over you. So um, I'm going back to be with my dad. Good luck. See you when I get back. Good luck with sin. It'll pop up every now and then, but just do what I told you. You'll be sweet. He didn't say that. He may have spoken like that, but he didn't say that. He said... Uh, in John 14, 16, and 17, he said, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Later now, He's in us. The Holy Spirit is in us. And He is the one that is doing the transformation in us. You know, some people will try and tell you that you are the one that needs to do the transformation in yourself. I find that to be a horrifically scary prospect because... <laughs> <laughs> I've tried transforming myself. I've tried transforming myself. And it doesn't 
work. It works on some things and then you just fall over on other things. It's like holding down those those whack-a-mole games. You just don't have enough arms. You don't have enough arms. But the, the see, the whole thing is that it's meant to work from the inside out. It's not meant to work from the outside in. If you are chasing around what people think of you and, and uh, chasing around what you think is bad or, uh, or just trying to fit a set of rules, who knows that you're, you're just not going to do it. You're just not going to do it. That's why God sent us the Holy Spirit. And He is the one that will transform us on our path. So we need to learn to listen to Him. Amen? Amen. And there are fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians 5.22, it says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. Patience. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. And again, I'd like to draw your attention to where it's in red there. But the Holy Spirit produces. The Holy Spirit produces. It doesn't say, when you get the Holy Spirit, you will learn to do these things. You will do these things to yourself. You will change yourself to be the... It doesn't say... When you receive Christ, you have to follow these things and be these things. It says in Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. It comes from the inside out. When we give our lives to Christ, when we are born again, the Holy Spirit resides within us. He communes with our spirit he guides us and helps us to find the truth, helps us to understand God's will for our lives. And if we allow Him, He will bear fruit in our lives. He will bear fruit in our lives. Fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of man's attempts to change himself. You will not prepare yourself for your palace. Your path will prepare you for your palace if you allow the Holy Spirit to do His work in you. I tell you what, if we had someone walk into this church this morning, if there's someone here this morning that is saying, I want a piece of this, I want what's different about these people, but I'm not ready yet, but I need to fix these things that are going wrong in my life, but I need to change what I'm doing first before I'm good enough to meet this expectation. No one here should have an expectation of anyone that walks in the door. We should just be expectant for what God can do in their lives, for what God can do within them, for what the Spirit will do once they receive Christ, amen, and walk with them through that journey. You don't come to God when you're ready to walk a Christian life. You come to God so that He can transform you to be more Christ-like. Amen? It's such an important concept. Such an important concept. But to let Him 
do that transformation from the inside out, we need to feed the Spirit. Amen? We've had an awesome series of leadership courses lately with Ian Bilby, and one of the key things that I took away from there is that we are, we are body, uh, body, soul, and spirit. And there's a really important hierarchy of authority there that we need to give over our lives. And is that our body, which is all our fleshly desires, and our soul, which is all our emotions, and our spirit need to come in line with God's Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit communes with our spirit, and then our soul, our emotions, need to come in line with what God is saying. And our body needs to come in line then with what the Spirit is saying as well. And we, we, we need to cut off that influence that the body wants to take over and go, no, this is, this is, uh, this is not what I want to do. Or the, or the soul is going, no, I don't, I don't feel this is right. I don't, I don't want to lift my hands up in praise. And we need to feed our spirit. The one we feed the most is going to be the one with the biggest voice. And we're going to hear more from God's spirit if we feed it. How do we feed it? The word. Feed it with the word. You're feeding it right now. You're here. You're listening to the word. You're feeding God's spirit. You're feeding your spirit. And the more you do things like this, getting around Christians, getting around life groups, getting to courses like the leadership courses and things like this. The more you lift your hands up when you don't feel like it and praise songs, this is feeding your spirit. And the more strength that you give it, the more you're allowing it to do a transformation within you. Amen? When we feel our spirit leap, we need to learn to follow it. This is a challenging one. When we feel our spirit leap, we need to learn to follow it. Deb, I think, was talking about earlier when the worship, about when she'd felt the spirit leap in her. And uh, we need to take those moments where you feel your heart racing, where you've got a word for someone. The more that you flex these muscles, the more they're going to grow. The more that you step out in faith, the more this is going to build and the more that these fruits are going to be added to you. See, take your focus off the fruits. Take your focus off the, the end product there, because if you're focusing on them, you're trying to change them yourself. Put your focus back on God. Put your focus back on Christ and what He's done for us. Put your focus in the Word, and He will bring those fruits out. And I tell you what, you'll look back and go, hey, I'm bearing these fruits that I tried so long to produce myself. They're just popping out everywhere. This is how victory will manifest in our lives over all that is holding us back. We're all struggling with something. And once we realize that it's not us that has to win that battle, and we realize how to give it over to Him, that's when we're going to experience the victory that's already there. Amen. And there is going to be resistance on your path as it prepares you for your palace. You can be sure of it, but praise God, because in Romans 5, 3 and 4, it says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems. <laughs> we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop 
endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. How many people get sick of people telling them this when they're in a valley? <laughs> rejoice! I rejoice! Just be happy! But I'm not happy. It's hard. It's hard. When I get up in the morning on a Monday morning and my sister sent me the text the night before and she says, we're going for a run in the morning and it's quarter to six and I've just had a big day at church, I'm not rejoicing. It's hard. I've got to wake up in the morning and I've got to drive all the way to Hall Road and then we've got to run for nine kilometers, run and walk for nine kilometers. And it's hard. It's hard. But if I don't resist that resistance, if I don't push back and say, no, even though my soul is going, stay in, my body's going, stay in bed, and my soul's saying, you don't need to be fit anyway, what's the point? And my wife's so loving, she's saying, I love you just the way you are. And uh, I just know that if I don't get up and go for those runs, that, um, that I'm, I'm going to end up, things are going to get away. And it's going to get harder and harder and harder to get up and go for that run at six in the morning. We need to resist the resistance. It's like the gym. If you go down, if I go to the gym and I load up the bench press and then I... <coughs> I've got 150 kilos on the bench press and I just lie under it. 200, thanks babe. 200 kilos on the bench press and I just lie under it and then go, yep, that's good. That's not going to do anything. I need to push against the load. I need to push against the temptation. I need to push against that thought in my head that's saying, you can't do this. I need to push against the, the fact that I don't feel like doing this. I need to push. And the only way that I'm going to build my faith muscle is if I push against the trials and I push against the temptation and I stand up and I say, no, God has a different plan to this. And I'm not going to succumb to this addiction. I'm not going to succumb to this feeling of insecurity. I'm not going to succumb to my own self and my own self-control. I'm going to push against that. And I'm just going to say, God, you promised a palace for me. And I want to allow your path to prepare me for that palace. I want your path to prepare me for that palace. Yes. <laughs> we, need, we need to encounter the resistance and we need to push back. We need to speak to the resistance with faith because, oh, I love that song, we are no longer slaves to fear. We are no longer slaves to sin. It has no authority. Push back and just state God's word over it. When you feel like you can't overcome it, it's probably because you're trying to overcome it too much and you just need to say to it, actually, 
God has told me that you no longer have authority over me. I am a new creation in Christ. I went down to the grave with Christ, and I tell you what, I came back up a new creation. I came back up with the power to overcome things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength and the power. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Read your word and use it against it. That's God's word. If you agree with God's word, it'll come to pass. He's got a promise for you. He's got a promise for you. He's got a promise for each and every one of you. He has promised something to you. Don't let go of it. Hold on to it. Lance and Mel, hold on to that word. We've seen it in your testimony. God has told you where you are going to be. Hold on to it. And use that. Hold that up. Do the bench press with that. Because just like our physical muscles, our faith muscle needs a bit of working out. Who knows that if I just lie down in bed for three months, that I'm going to get up and I'm going to find it pretty hard to walk. Because my muscles are not used to being used. If God gives you a promise and then you meet resistance and you say, oh, probably not God's timing yet or, oh, it'll, it'll happen eventually. Then you're not stretching your faith muscle. Amen? And the more that you push back against that resistance with the word that God has given you, the more that you know God's will in your life and you exercise it, the bigger challenges you'll overcome because you'll need to. Because the palace isn't easy to run. And you might not be ready for it now, but God will get you ready for it if you push back and you allow Him to. Amen? Amen? So as uh, Steve comes up here, I just want to, I really just want to encourage you. I really just want to encourage you. And I, and I don't want this message to be a, oh no, I've got to keep walking along this path. <laughs> but more that rejoice, because this path is preparing you for the palace. This path is doing something in you. This path is enabling God to move. It's giving God room to move. And I tell you what, the sooner that we twig onto that, the sooner that we understand that God is doing something from the inside out in us, the sooner we can let go of those things that are holding us back, because it is, it's us holding on to those things now, they're not holding on to us anymore, they can't, they've got no authority to do that, it's us holding on to these things, and we just need to let go of those, let go and let God, let go and let God, but it all starts with trust. It all starts with trusting Him. Amen? You can't walk a path if your feet are bound. And our Lord has the power to break those shackles. And He has the power to say to those problems, you have no authority. This is my son. This is my daughter. And I will not allow you 
to have authority over their lives. So like I said earlier, I want to give you an opportunity to allow him to break those chains and break that authority in your life this morning. So if I can get every head bowed and every eye closed. And I just want to invite you in this moment. If there is something there that you are fighting and fighting off and you have never received Christ as your Lord and Savior into your life and you've never known what it's about or why and you're scared of it, this is why. Because He wants to set you free. Free so that you can walk a path that will prepare you for your calling. So as everyone is just in ministry here, everyone's just eyes closed and head bowed. If you have never made that decision to allow Christ to be Lord over your life, it's a very simple prayer. And I would love and I would be honored to pray that with you. So right now in this place, I just want to ask, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in three, two, one. Raise your hand high. If you want Christ to lead your life now, and if you want to break that authority, raise your hand high in this place this morning. Raise your hand. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. And if you have known Christ, but you've walked away, and you want to come back to Him this morning, and you want to give Him control back, I would ask you now to raise your hand as well. Just be bold in this moment and raise your hand. Praise God. So those that raise their hands, we're just as a church going to pray this simple prayer along with you. So if everyone could pray this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you. You are great. Jesus, I invite you to be Lord over my life. And I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I'm sorry for driving my own life to this point and doing it my way. But right now, I turn from that and I turn to you. Come into me. Let Holy Spirit fill me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand clap.